here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Let's do an interview today. What do you say? Going to California by way of uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and Franklin, Tennessee. Hey, if you guys are digging the Dharmic Evolution, please go to dharmicevolution.com. Sign up for your favorite platform so we can have this show come right to your phone every single Friday morning. Love when that happens. And uh, if it's in your heart to do so, you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of this show. We'd love to hear from you guys. Another noteworthy piece of business, if you've been on this show, there's a good chance that you are on our Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist. We have two so far, uh, Orion and Akila. There's only 30 artists on each and we're making many more. So check this out. The links will be in the show notes. So uh, please support, um, even if you're just a voyeur of music, check out the talent that has been on this show. And uh, you'll be quite delighted and surprised. All right, so we've had her on before. This lady is a celebrated singer-songwriter by way of Northern California and um, sort of is in transit to move to, I believe it's Franklin, Tennessee. So she's back and forth. Uh, but I've got her for the second time and featuring This Is My Rebel Song and I Know a Heartache When I See One. It is the wonderful and the ubiquitous and the captivating voice of Kate Magdalena. You better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from Nashville, Tennessee to your home. Kate, welcome again to the Dharmic Evolution for the second time. Thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always good to see you, see what you're up to, and um, I got to congratulate you on the amount of content you're putting out, the songs you're putting out. Man, they just keep coming, and the quality just keeps going up. Um, not that it was ever less than stellar, but it's just really beautiful. Everything you're putting out, uh, I've become a fan of immediately. And, <laughs> Thank you so much. And I hope you know that we, you are on our uh, Dharmic Rising Stars uh, playlist, Spotify playlist. Um, I well, think that, that's wonderful. Yeah, I think I know a heartache when I see one is on there, and I think you're on the either the Aquila or the um, the Orion playlist. So, um, just for you folks who don't know, if you've been an alumni on this show, you get the opportunity to be on these playlists. We just started creating, and we keep them to thirty songs, so they don't get you know overly too long. Yeah. So uh, the first That's two are exciting. yeah the two, first two are published and up there. So um, we'll put the links in the show notes, of course. Okay. So tell me, where are you? Are you in uh, Are you in Tennessee or are you in California? It looks like no, California. I'm I'm still in Northern California. Lucky girl. Um, and you? I'm hoping to get to Tennessee, God willing, but. It's been very uh, uncertain to, t to travel um, because of everything going on. Yeah. Well, especially you don't want to be here now because I kid you not, it has been icing and snowing. The, the car's been sitting for like 36 hours frozen in the driveway. Not yeah. one car has come down the street. And it was nine all morning. Nine. That's oh. nine degrees. In that's, that's <laughs> insane. And I heard that there's been power outages. How but you've got you've got power. We've been very blessed and very lucky. I've been I've been thanking the Lord constantly for keeping the heat and the power on, <laughs> and for food I, in our stomachs. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, yeah. So we're we're fine. We're doing great. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's um, you know, I've been I bought a house in Tennessee, as you know. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to uh, get there. I haven't seen it yet. And can you still see me? By the way, I think I'm. I've got. I've got to keep keep high because I uh, just to explain to the viewers. I have this weird thing with my computer. Yeah. So I yeah I, I have to kind of sit up and, and talk to you. No, but, we see you fine. I see all your okay, artwork good. and everything. Cool. Good. <laughs> I've been you know I've been wanting to get there, um, but but negotiating travel right now uh, it seems to be complicated. And so uh, one of the things that I was thinking about today is just this quality of surrender that seems so necessary right now because of all the challenges that we're facing yes indeed um 
what is your plan? Are you going to just be uh, doing the uh, two places to live like I'm doing right now? Or um, are you going to be like, how are you going to handle this? Are you just figuring it no out idea. as you go? It's like the reason I partially bought this place as an investment and just because I wanted to have a future doing music there. And, um, but the reality is, you know, in relationship to the idea of surrender, I have no idea what, how the, this timeline is going to unfold. Yeah. And I don't think anybody, any of us know right now in a way. I mean, it's, I think you're lucky, even though it's cold, I think you're lucky to be in Tennessee because in California, it seems as though everything is just kind of, even if it's partially open, everything's kind of shut down. Everybody's, ma you know, got their masks, and it's it's a very different culture than I've ever known in yeah. my life. Yeah, it's very different here because um, my fiance lives up in New Jersey, so I go back and forth a lot. And I was up there for the holidays, and of course, you know, I got the COVID and recovered, thank God. Um, but you know, down here just west of nashville people are a little more chill like you go into the stores and it's almost like the masks are optional and um it kind of goes in line with i read a lot of research of all kinds of different people um and the studies that have been coming out lately are that lockdowns do not work not just here across the world the studies it's have crazy. shown that james if it we makes just no went difference. outside of our home yeah you know say said goodbye to covid turn the news off yeah. Honestly, there there would be no indication here that anything was changed other than changing the name of the flu. Right. And, and you know, yeah, there are certain people that have some symptoms that you don't normally get with flu. But I think I know just a couple of people to whom that's happened. Now, with the coming of the vaccine, which I consider to be totally unnecessary and beyond unnecessary, because the, the actual survival rate of COVID is 99.7%. Yeah. We don't need a vaccine for that. But now that we've got the vaccine, of course, you know, maybe your listeners know I do not trust Big Pharma. <laughs> maybe to save my life in some things, but not with this. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a fan of the vaccine. And I, I've talked to a lot of people and some people are on the fence and some people are, yes, I'm all over it. And other people are um, are reticent to do it. I, I don't feel I'm a candidate for that in any way, shape, or form, whether I had COVID or didn't get COVID. I'm just, I'm really opposed to something coming out that quickly and that much uh, money being involved with a, a blank check type of scenario. Totally. It, it frightens me, you know. So, so you want to well, expand on that about your, you know, your ideas about it and, you know, your thought process um, about the vaccine in general? You want to talk about that a little yes, bit? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I do happen to know a little bit about it because I've been researching, not in the mainstream, by the way. So there's kind of a catch-22 with our present flow of information in that it's controlled, if it's mainstream, by the moneyed powers that be, which are big pharma, big tech, and big government, all allied to a particular end. And the end is not an end that I consider um, truly for human beings and their happiness. The end is one world government, the one world order, run through the United Nations, a global government. And as much as people may want to poo-poo that as a conspiracy theory, it's it's absolutely 100% true. And um, you just have to go to the United Nations website and look up Agenda 2030, what the agenda is for the 21st century. And um, part of that agenda seems to have a very medical, uh, tyrannical model about it. And uh, suddenly, we have an illness that's taken over the world. Um, I have yet to see that illness be proven to be isolated. It has not been isolated. It's gone on the power of media rhetoric, which has been unified in every country. When you say now, isolated, what do you mean by that? When you mean it's I mean, it has never been physically isolated to be, um, according to Koch's postulates, he has... Robert Koch, or Robert Koch, the German scientist, had developed six postulates in order to prove that any agent 
could cause a disease. Otherwise, how would we know that a particular bacterial or viral agent was responsible for any particular symptom? So it has to be proven in six postulates. Well, this particular COVID-19 isolate has never been shown to even exist. What has been shown to exist, though, is something called a it's a composite or a, um, I can't think of the name right now, but it's a kind of bacterial specimen that's cooked up in a lab, okay? The United States has been involved with biological warfare since, this, since before the Second World War, yeah. and we can't pretend to be virgins about that. It's real. And unfortunately, it's my contention, based on some facts that I don't necessarily need to throw out now. I mean, I did, I did well, just to let your listeners know, a great source for me from the beginning has been the work of Dr. Francis Boyle, B-O-Y-L-E, who drafted the legislation for the United States for biological weapons in 1989. He's a lawyer and he's also a PhD. Okay, he's an authority that knows about our biological weapons program. And he traced the actual specimen of what we're looking at to the Obama administration, Dr. Fauci, et cetera, the, the commissioning to the Wuhan lab. I mean, I don't necessarily need to get into those facts here and now because I don't, it, it's so contentious that, you know, if you say uh, something like this, people will take issue and that's not my intention. My intention is, is the truth. And the truth is, I wouldn't trust this vaccine. Uh, if I want to live a healthy and good and natural life, I do not want this in my body. And there's much more that I could say about it. And in fact, I've been thinking about starting my, I have a, a radio show of my own called Backstory on American Freedom Radio, which I've kind of put to bed over the past year. I haven't done it <clears throat> because, you know, I, it, I think it's a question as, a, as a, a wannabe professional performer, do I want to give my political spiel? Do I want to involve politics at all? And yet, you know, it was politics really or the things that I'm speaking of now that got me songwriting. So, and I'm not about to really back down because frankly, I have no interest in, you know, anything other than the truth. I wouldn't let's, want to um, write about that or represent it. Let's circle back to this. Um, and this is a perfect time to play one of your new songs, uh, brand new songs. This is my rebel song. <laughs> You, my heart, Englishman, your rage is like a fist in my womb, and you forgive what you think I've done and love me. I'm your woman, and I desire you my heart Englishman and there is no more natural thing so why should I not get loving don't be cold Englishman why have you said you love me and all the time I've known you how come you never said you're sorry and I do oh please talk And now I am calling 
This is my rebel song. What a great song! I love the uh, the tone and the uh, vibe to it. It's just just really beautiful. So you are a rebel, indeed. <laughs> no, no, I'm really not a rebel. I'm really not. It's just that it seems to me that society has rebelled against the truth. Okay. And I'm I'm a rebel. The cause I have is simply, you know, I want um, clean water, clean air. I want honest government. I want a constitutional government. I mean, I guess I started as a liberal, but I guess you could call me a conservative now, although I'm liberal at heart. Yeah. But I think the liberal people are extremely conservative, actually, right now yeah. in ways that I don't want to be conservative. Right. So. Well, I, I think um, this whole process that developed over the last, like, 12 months um, really put everybody through the ringer and started to, I think a lot of people question um, a lot of things, you know, not just um, not just political political ramifications, but like everything, like you know, especially with the pandemic, it was. I remember the knee jerk reaction was, "This is all made up," and then we went full circle and got all taken down the the, the rosy path of, you know, no, it's just uh, you know, it's not man made, it's not this, it's not that, and then. You know, people just like came full circle. Now everybody is, uh, I think, not only confused about the virus, but confused about their own trajectory in life, being in professional, political, religious, a lot of different things. People are just yeah. confused and depressed, yeah. very depressed. Yeah. So um, it's my well, mission. I'd love to speak to that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and yours, I, I just wanted to say that as, sing yeah. as songwriters, I think both of us are on the same path to um, to alleviate that pressure in whatever way that we can through our music. So yes, please do speak to that. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I have actually been doing a lot of songwriting lately, putting a lot of these frustrations into music because I think that, frankly, people don't, I mean, I hate to say this about myself because I wish it were otherwise. I mean, if I could have selected any role, it. It'd, it'd probably be president, you know. I want to run everything. I want to control everything. I want to fix everything, you know. But the reality is nobody wants to hear from me. Nobody. I wish it were different. I wish I could run for office. But they do like to hear me sing. Yes. You know. So I ought to put my stuff into songwriting. And um, I have to say I've been kind of inspired in a new direction in my songwriting. And I, and, but before I go into that, I just want to address the depression, okay? Because I've definitely suffered with depression and struggle with it almost every day. I'm actually taking a homeopathic remedy right now, which is helping me. Great. But it, it's been a struggle in my life, although I've never really copped to it and never been clinically assessed because I don't like those labels, you know, but melancholy, sadness. Um, we're living in such a different space time right now. I feel like we've landed on another planet. You know, this we're not in normal time. So the, the, the first thing I think that's important to recognize is that we're being tested. Yeah. And that God, you know, however however we understand God, the force, the person at the other end of our mental 
not the person, the, 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 per, the way I, I think of God is the person at the other end of my psychic telephone, you know, the, the person that I pray to, that I think of, that I appeal to, that sees me and that I see when I can maintain that resonance at all, because sometimes I'm completely obscured from God, but that God, you know, our life right now has a task. That task is not over simply because the world is no longer validating who we are. You know, that that's the thing. Like, I've got my valid, you know, I, I'm so, our society right now is so externally driven. It's all about, you know, what can I post? What can I say? How can I get attention and all of that? And I am, what I've seen in myself is just, especially as, as a someone that's trying to be a singer, a successful singer, that is such a terrible thing to have to deal with, that, that, that continual um, extroversion that's needed to, to have that. And, and that extroversion, I mean, let's face it, it's only, if, we, if we as artists simply cater to that level now, our art is going to not reach what needs to happen. Our art now reads, needs to reach to the depth of our soul. We need, our task, I believe, is to go deep within, is to reassess everything now. And to find out, should we even be singing? Should we even be producing art? And if the answer is yes, then it's got to be something that speaks now to the, to the new music industry, to the new time that we're in, for however long that is. Because whether it's, you know, whether God is setting this up as a part of the book of Revelation, or whether we're in the hands of the secret government cabal that wants to bring in the new world order, or both contemporaneously, what is my task today as a human being, as a Christian, as an artist, as a mother? You know, I hope everybody's dealing with that question. You know, it seems like people are from what you're saying and from what I gather online. Everybody's really in this space. Yeah, I, I talk to people, you know, in a lot of different places, not just this country, but many countries who all have so not all but many of them have the same theme the depression thing is running very rampant and very high because uh you know we you know their favorite places to play which is anywhere have have disappeared for <laughs> for most people you know i know and i, I know. think i think uh, i wanted to just touch on something you mentioned about should we be playing it all and and i've been kind of drilling down on that and saying well, where are the places to really play? And I, you know, I decided about five years ago. For me, bars is not it. I don't, I don't ever want to, you know, play in a bar. You know, if I have, if I don't have to, um, I choose to play in places where people need to hear, um, you know, a, a really a good word uh, involving the Lord and something spiritual or something meaningful. So for me, it's prisons. You know, and I started that ministry a couple years or. Um, uh, last October. So I'm going back to that. So what about you? I mean, where, like, if you have a favorite um, place to play that defines you and gets you over what you just described, is there is there a list or is there a certain place that you feel like you belong and fit and are comfortable? Well, I just really want to have the experience in my lifetime of playing on a big stage someday, or even a medium-sized stage, or even even a relatively small one. I'm yeah. dying to play. Um, and to be perfectly honest, it's, it's not been a part of my the gift in my life. I, I mean, I've done small concerts. Um, and before all this started, I was just beginning to, to peek out and do a few things. But I said, you know, we're all needing to surrender. I mean, this is this is this longing that I've had my whole life to bring my voice onto a stage and it may not happen. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's so strange to, you know, my whole um, expression was a larger dance, you know, that I'm in, we're in the hands of something larger and it, yet, so does that mean then that, that all that I wanted to try to do through music is, is going to be cut short or funneled in a different way? Well, maybe, maybe, you know, and am, am I really okay with that? Well, it's not really what I wanted, but what am I going to do? I mean, right now, I'm not playing anywhere except for online. I do something for, um, you know, through Catholic Charities or something for the Alzheimer's patients once a month. That's awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I could do concert. Maybe I can do some kind of online concerts or something. 
but I don't know. It is very depressing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no question about it. Um, and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking this morning with my husband about the music industry, you know, and if we look at the music industry has only been alive for like a hundred years. It's a, it's a short lived little piece of time. Yeah. And it happened because we learned how to record music. And during that 100 years in which we've had recorded music, we, at the beginning, we had our beautiful stars to set the, you know, to set the pathway for us, Judy Garland and uh, Barbara Streisand and Ella Fitzgerald and Edie Gourmet and all the people that our parents listened to and whatever. And we came onto the scene, bursting on the scene in the 60s when music was just our language, right? And then we've had since the 60s and the 70s and 80s and future generations have looked to our music. And yet what we need to think about with music is, you know, this is, it's like a little Camelot vision time that we we're in. And what is the purpose of that music industry right now? Is it to launch a bunch of little, little Judy Garland's? I mean, if I had to position myself, I might want to be one of those, you know what I mean? But the music industry is glutted with them. You know, we're filled with, we, we, we got, we got tons of artists. Yeah. What's the purpose now? And I think it's I think there is a purpose and I don't exactly know. I think it has to do with spiritual healing through music and not only that delighting through music and entertaining through music and just being marvelous through music. And music will never lose that power, but unfortunately um we're being limited as far as performing. So what's your thought about this now? What are the other uh, musicians saying? Um most of them don't have a clue uh, or just are just upset and struggling and, tr and trying to figure out a different way. Um, my younger son is a singer-songwriter in Austin, Texas. He's very gifted, and he's managed to keep his head above water with, you know, three different jobs, and he plays out a lot, and he, he plays in other bands, and he has two of his own, own original bands, so he's coping and dealing. Um, but I really feel that... Uh, that um, God has a brand new purpose for music because, and the reason I say this is because as you just so eloquently described, music is one of the most beautiful, you know, things ever created by the Lord. And and I always say it's it's the third most precious gift, you know, right behind uh, love and family that He gave to us as human beings. And and it's like how did how did music ever like become like, how was it born? And I always, you know, think about deeply about how marvelous and magnificent, how could, you know, just, uh, you know, one little scale with 12 notes and turn into symphonies and how many millions of wonderful songs and inspirations that came from that. So uh, I think um, the old music business has certainly pretty much died. But I think there's a rebirth and a phoenix rising somehow, but I think, you know, he is in control of this, and I'm not sure how it plays out, but I know it's not over, and I know all of these uh, dedicated and inspiring young artists, and I mean, I've had everybody on this show from, you know, as 14 to 75, and, and you know, anybody who, music is t it has no time. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. You know, if you have it and you have it in your soul, you can appreciate it at any age and learn it at any age. So I think he's got plans for all of us um, to continue and, and he's rebirthing it somehow. And I think it's all going to start after we come out of this pandemic, which I don't think is too, too far away, to tell you the truth. I think we are going to come out of it. I think he's going to bless the prayers and 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 offer us a new chance, um, you know. And but we're in we're in really we're in really you know scary times. Like we don't really so, have a lot of time left on this earth. We don't. So basically, it can go in one. I mean, just to be perfectly straight with you, okay. Um, this activity of of COVID. I mean, is it okay if if I just tell you what I think. Yeah, here. absolutely. Yeah. It's your show. Okay? So this activity of COVID <laughs> is a planned operation. Okay, first of all. Right. And the plan is, if the plan is allowed to continue, supposedly, it's going to go on till like 20, 2025. And then it could even extend further. They have all sorts of um, uh, pandemics cooked up for us. You know, these are these are planned operations. They're, you know, all you have all the listeners have to do is go to something called event 201 
on your computer and it's you'll see the planned everything was planned for um, a novel coronavirus uh, to um, take over the world and Bill Gates has been mulling this over for a long time and thinking about it for years and um, they've been running scenarios through the military they've been you know and they're talking about all sorts of different pandemics in the future because a pandemic is is the way especially well first of all we never elected Bill Gates I never elected Dr. Fauci I didn't elect the WHO nor the United Nations I'm an American right okay? And so the vision that's that's playing out now between the Democratic and the and the Republican parties essentially those old labels which really no longer exactly mean what they did when we were kids but what we're, what's playing out is on the one side we've got the globalists that want a global that want to participate in a global one world government essentially and that's the democratic side but they don't say that the republican side wants the constitutional republic they say but they've got a lot of people that have infested and you know a lot of traitors on both you know on the on the republican side as well but essentially what we see playing out um is is a political war that it has a, is using a medical uh, battlefield right now. It's also using, um, you know, a battlefield of all sorts of information because the media is completely owned. You know, when right. the, the difficulty is that the rich people in the world, such as Bill and Melinda Gates, George Soros, and many others, money can purchase activity in every realm. People, what, what this shows us is just how terribly weak people are and that the principles of justice, of, of democracy, of representative government, they're not just ideas. They have to actually be filled with people of integrity. And because the United States lost its moral compass when it lost its, not only its, its Christianity in the, in the sense of you know, one nation under God in terms of traditional Christianity, but however people really relate to their creator, whatever religion they are, that relationship is at the heart of integrity, right? And if right. without that, we are flying to the wind and we're basically now in a situation that, that is basically uh, fake. We're dealing with fake things, fake news, <laughs> fake pandemics. Um, Unfortunately, people that have been manipulated by all of this fakery, and now we're in a situation where it's really hard for people to ascertain what's real, because if you do, they'll tell you, oh, that's just outside the mainstream, you see. It's not peer-reviewed, and they have no respect for it, nor respect for people like me. And so when you step out as an artist into this world, you just, you, you take your sword of you know, of my, what's my relationship to myself? What's my relationship to, to God? What's my relationship? Why do I make music? You know, it, if I'm making music now just to be famous in the old arena, that old, what I realized right away is that old arena has busted. The old arena's dead. And the people controlling it are, are basically nobody that I want to really impress anyway. So I have to keep coming back to what is my, my purpose? What is my cause? Why am I doing this? If it's real, then I continue to do it and I find a way to do it. Excuse me, let me just turn that off. And if it's not real, then maybe I go do something else. Well, it, I think um, to that point, I think um, you have to go and go direct to who wants to hear you. I think that's our one advantage that we have that the artists of years gone yeah. by don't have. And right. you had to play that game. You had to do the promoter and you had to do the agent, the manager, the this and that. And, and some of those positions still exist and, and are valuable and an asset to an artist. But I really think there is the ability to build your own brand today and to and to just keep working that and be independent in in as much as if you can find the people that really gravitate towards your music and now with everyone online you can do that so that that's the one um you know ray of hope that i have for many people that they can do that and then how it all comes together as it maybe it doesn't maybe we just have a bunch of you know independent artists and fewer and fewer people doing all the other things that were not necessary you know, 
I don't know. I, I just feel like it's as if the world has shape-shifted. It's just changed, right? And no, I don't like it any better than you. But I also recognize, I mean, I must say, I've been really asking myself, you know, am I really a Christian? What's my relationship to God? What's my relationship to the Bible? I've seen so many bad things about myself during this time. I mean, we're all being tested, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to ask, you know, that belief, that relationship, what's really true about it for me? And um, I can't say, you know, God's necessarily going to do this or that, 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 that the music industry is going to be okay or that we're going to be okay. The, the reality is we don't know, but we do know some basic truths, okay? And I think it's really important to go back to them. Okay, number one, uh, we know we're alive and that we're, we're called to do music through a talent that we were given, okay? I do know that. And I also do really believe that, that there is a creator, that, that, that God exists and that he came into this world. For me, I believe that he came as Jesus Christ, you know, and that, that I still have a relationship to him and to that coming. And this is a recent revelation that maybe can inspire, and this is from Madonna, okay? Madonna is my new inspiration. And I don't know a whole lot about her history. And I don't know, you know, I don't have a whole lot of positions around her other than I'm so impressed by her dedication to her art and to being truthful with representing that art. And I think that's, that's what really lit my fire again, that, you know, I have to feel that I do have something to bring this world through my art, something to give, not, not just that I want to receive the glory of it, okay, but, but that there's this message that I have, you know, and, and can I be creative and actually put it into a form that speaks to your heart? And if I can, that's my greatest joy, and it's still my greatest joy, even if I have to do it through online concerts for a while. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's this ability, and I think we might have talked about this last time, about negative capability, mm -hmm. about having the capability to rest in not knowing. This term that was devised by the Romantic poets, John Keats and Percy Bysshe Shelley, uh, Byron, negative capability. That's what we need right now. Well, I think it's a good time to play this one. I know a heartache when I see one. <laughs> exactly. Knock on 
Kate, that is a killer, killer song. That is awesome. Um, why don't we go in the studio for a minute and just take a break from um, world corruption, pandemics, and everything, and talk about <laughs> talk about Billy Smiley or talk about okay. anything hey, musical. Can I just show you guys my cups? First yeah. Of all, I want to know this cup is from what all the concerts that I have not given yet of my first album that I did with Mr. Billy Smiley, A Larger Dance. This says A Larger Dance, and on the back it says Kate Magdalena, and I'm, I can't wait to, to sell these cups uh, in person, but I'm, I'm thinking of putting them online. So Billy Smiley, um, Billy Smiley has been one of the great gifts in my life. Um, no question about it. He's, he's been the man that's, that's, that's really enabled me to express my vision as an artist in ways that unfortunately um, I never had that opportunity before to do. Um, I like working with him so much. Um, he's become a dear friend. We've done two albums together and we're working on the third one, uh, which by the way should be out this year. And that's why I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get back either by hook or by crook, by truck or by plane um, to the Nashville area sometime in April and to record uh, the balance of, of my Canyonlands album. I have uh, three songs on Canyonlands that are done, one of which, wait a minute, Rebel Song is, is coming out. I, yeah, Rebel Song, I think, is coming out on Canyonlands. So uh, that album is inspired by the music of the 60s. That's the, well, that's my, my, my title track of the music. It's about the music of the 1960s, and Canyonlands has to do with Laurel Canyon and was inspired by Joni Mitchell and... Um, uh, you know, the Stephen Stills and Crosby Stills and Nash, those folks that were in Laurel Canyon in the 60s. I know it and well. And I've got a song, um, <laughs> pardon me. No, I, I know the area well, Laurel Canyon. I spent Yeah, no, it's there. a really lovely song, and, and it's all done, and I might have to release it soon, actually, because I don't have a whole lot to release. Then I've got a song called In September, which is, is going to, probably the album hopefully will come out in September, and the song, it's a beautiful song, it's all done. Um, it's I'm experi I'm experimenting with some kind of jazzy chord kind of you know bluesy not not really black jazz or blues but some color chords and just um, and in my writing right now I'm kind of inspired right now by Madonna a little bit I'm I'm, I'm really wanting to go a little pop <laughs> instead yeah. of being so I just want to get raucous and and real and and start like dancing you know I just I really am up for dancing and doing upbeat things right now. Although I tended in the past to do a lot of more melancholy ballads and things, so good for you. That's awesome. So, so you're you're feeling this through Madonna. What else is uh, is making is striking this nerve in you to kind okay. of like just go on the periphery of what you would normally do? Well, I also just to let you know some of the songs that are going to be in the next album. I'm re I'm going to record or planning to record time after time by. Um, What's her name? Um, oh, how could we forget, time right? After some time. You know, I can't think of her name. Now, something just came up yeah, she's on from, my screen. She's Sorry, from, let me just... Let me just from New York. Um, oh, dear. I just lost you. Can you still see me? Yeah, I see you. Okay, I don't yeah. see you at all. Oh, you're, so, you're here and I'm here on my screen, so... All right, let me just see if I can move this out of the way. Oh, there you are. Okay. So, um, what's her name? Anyway, I... Um, I can't think of it, but some of these artists, you know, from the 80s and 90s that I never knew, like Sinead O'Connor. Oh, yeah, she's um, awesome. Um, like Madonna. Um, I basically joined a cult. Cindy Lauper. Sorry. Pardon me? Cindy Lauper. I joined a cult in the 80s and I, uh, in the late 70s, and I was part of it in the 80s, and I honestly missed out on the whole music scene. <laughs> so I, I was just thinking about this, how interesting and, and impressionable we are when we're teenagers and how it's that music that, that kind of dents our, our creativity. But now I'm discovering some of these 80s artists, 80s and 90s. I know it's extremely old-fashioned of me, but honestly, I'm just moving into the pop period now, and I'm, I'm just excited about dance and, move, and moving the body and um, keeping people... I, I just feel like, you know, part of, the, part of the, um, the difficulty that I think we have is that we're not moving in the world as much. We need to be moving. Yeah. You know, movement the, um, is life. With, you, you say that, um, you know, you're almost being apologetic about missing on the 80s and, and some of this music, but <laughs> I always say that's the beauty of music. It does not matter when it was written 
or it does matter when it was produced because that's the timeline of when people get to hear it. But, you know, a song could be like 100 years old and you can do something with it and it's still a musical yeah. composition and it's, it's wonderful to have that. And let me ask you about the cult. What cult were you involved in? How did you get in it? Or if you want to ch okay. chat about it I was in a group called, oh God, it, was, it wasn't as bad as some. Yeah. It had a lot of good things about it, but unfortunately it did have uh, the cult trappings. It was called the Fellowship of Friends. And it was a cult that was based in the work of George, Gurdje George Gurdjieff, or Gurdjieff, a Russian mystic from early in the 20th century who captivated a lot of the bourgeois intelligentsia in Europe. Um, and it captivated my imagination and my uh, hunger for knowledge right after I graduated from college. And I joined this group, you know, that I found a book, there was a bookmark. Um, I was back in the East Coast, so you can say I just put my New York accent on, there was a bookmark. <laughs> so I found this bookmark, right? Yeah. And this bookmark led me to go to a meeting went to the meeting and then ended up joining this group where I ended up meeting my husband and we ended up leaving the group and all of this happened. But what happened in the group, this group was fancied itself to be, you know, better than, better than everyone else and kind of the seed of the new civilization and just all sorts of nonsense. But they taught many wonderful things in this group about classical music. I learned about classical music, classical art, classical literature, all this stuff. That, that had been missing in my own education, which was yeah. fantastic. But I ended up leaving because uh, there was some, you know. It, well, it the, you, they might have been competing with the Scientologists, so I'm glad you escaped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, let, let's face it. Cult me just means we're all in a cult. We're in the cult of ourselves, essentially. Yeah, right. We're, we're in a belief system that we believe, and... We can see there's two cults in our country, the people that like Trump, the people that hate Trump. Yeah. Those are two cults, you know? Right. So it's, and, and unfortunately, you know, in our society, the cult comes along because the larger architecture of meaning, of religious meaning, isn't there for people in, in the traditional religion anymore. Yeah. So as, a, as someone growing up at that time, you know, I had to, especially as a Jewish person, which I, which I am by birth, um, I was a seeker. Yeah, well, I'm glad you were. And uh, um, what do you think, as as we're getting close to the end here, what do you think um, your best version of Kate Magdalena with this um, wonderful body of work? I got to tell you, man, your catalog is just killer. I mean, you, your songs, you don't, you don't do anything average. Um, you did another cover by, it's this <laughs> Irish good. band, um, Hosiers, was it? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, no. Uh, you mean uh, Take Me to Church. Take Me to Church. Man, you ripped the cover off the ball on that song. That, that is killer. That was Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor wrote that? Yeah. Did she really? Yeah. Wow, that, that is, I mean, your performance on that was just, I mean, I was just like standing up straight saying, this is, this is just rocking my world, man. This is killer. Um, really, really great song. Um, so where do you think, um, with this catalog, what would be the best version of Kate's new career as far as, let's say, in the next uh, eight months, everything like settles to the point where we can be complete human beings again? Oh, where God. do you see things uh, starting for I'm you? I'm heading to Nashville, and I, wanna, I okay. want to um, set up a tour. Um, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know that many people that are necessarily interested in having me, but I'm going to try to find out. I'd probably want to get with someone that can help me set up a tour, and I have somebody in mind. Right. Um, and I, I, yeah, no, no question. I would make that move to, to do, you know, doing, doing my music on the road full time if I could. Yeah. And to whatever degree I can do it, I'd like to do it. The problem is that until that happens, until our world, until we claim our world back or until it's given to us back again, we're in this unnaturally passive state. And we, we have to each day, you know, basically what I'm trying to do, James, is like carve out my work time, which is dedicated to my creative work every day, whether it's practicing, writing, whatever, and, and, and just holding my mission as an artist still in regard, that it hasn't just gone, to, it hasn't gone to sleep just because we seem to have gone to sleep as a world right now under right. a spell. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And I think um, the time that we are 
blessed with, and we don't look at this as a blessing in any way. Um, some of the good things is our families are reuniting, and some people are spending time together, which they've never had the opportunity before, because this one goes this way and that one goes that way. So I think there are some hidden blessings that won't come out for some time, but um, I wish you so much luck going to Nashville. I think it would be a great thing for you. There's so many great PR agencies and everything else here um, under the sun that would really, I think, be you know delighted to have you on the roster um, because um, I think I think your music would go over great anywhere. So well, I really appreciate that. I you know it's it is kind of hard to figure out next steps. Um, and I'm definitely interested in hearing from your other artists, you know, how they're, I know it's probably time to finish, but um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, I think the question is, um, what can we bring the audience today? What, are, what is the audience needing? That's what I'm exploring, you know, on my Instagram page and on my Facebook page and all of that. And, and I will say there is a subtle a subtle, I mean, I only, I don't have a huge audience by any means, just a few thousand, right? But just knowing that they want to hear from me or that, you know, I, I kind of, I don't know, it, it, it's this weird thing right now of, of responding through social media. Um, maybe that's, I mean, I know it's not what I would have chosen, but it does seem to be, I don't know, it's, it's hard not to get down, you know, it's hard not to get down. I think living with that negative capability, living in faith, like really feeling like we are being tested with everything. And there's something pure about that. There's something unrivaled about that. We've never had the opportunity to be tested and really see how, how weak we really are, yeah. you know, to rise to that. That's, that's, that's worth something to me. <laughs> Some have it worse than others. I, you know, I really feel for the people who go out every single night and can't be without it. And uh, I, I don't miss those days at all and haven't for a very, very long time. I'm very, very content to be a creative. Um, but I think, um, I think there is a uh, silver lining and an end to this, uh, to this struggle. And I think you're going to be fine. I think your career is going to be fine. I think it's all going to work out. Well, I want you to know I am praying for you and wanting you to be fine. And really, I want to, uh, first of all, thank you for what you're bringing, not only to the individual artists that have the, the pleasure of speaking to you, but, but to the world with what you're trying to build in community with other artists. And just that's meaningful to, I mean, believe me, it's very meaningful to me, and I'm sure it's that you're supporting others is very meaningful to them. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Kate. And listen, we will put all of your um, links in the show notes, all of your marketing material. And if you had one um, platform as a favorite for people to connect to you, uh, what would that be that people can find you, support Instagram, or I have an, and my, on Facebook, it's Kate Magdalena Music. Okay. And on Instagram, it's just Kate, Kate Lower dash underscore magdalena okay um, we'll send. so either one of those is good but probably facebook music yeah we'll send everybody your way kate it's always a pleasure <laughs> oh, also let me just say my website that's what oh, i really yes. want people to go to yeah it's katemagdalena.com i have a blog that comes out at least once a month and uh there's new there's new songs coming out it's a great way to stay in touch and there's a free download on my website of my song the water is wide the water is wide. Great song. Is. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So thank um, you very much. Yeah, give uh, Billy Smiley um, my regards. Tell him great work. Love what he's doing with you. And uh, just want to wish all of God's blessings on you, your family, your career. And uh, I will see you in Franklin, Tennessee soon. I hope so. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bless you. Love you, Kate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Well, that's another wrap for me. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today on the Dharmic Evolution. Please support Kate and indie music worldwide. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but don't forget, let's all remain connected. I was connected. Everybody knew my name. 
we try.